Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Okay, welcome everybody to Manna for Breakfast, the podcast group. This is the Sunday broadcast that I put together. Be going out on Monday, so the day is kind of long. So we're going to keep this short today. We're not going to get into this day in trivia, but as always, I like to throw in at least a couple of dad jokes, keep things happy and and joyful as you get up and get going in your day. So let's look at the first one that we have here now. Hmm. If <laughs> if April showers bring May flowers. And what do Mayflowers bring? Pilgrims. <laughs> yeah, you knew that one. You knew the answer to that one. I thought the dryer was shrinking my clothes. Turns out it was the refrigerator all along. Uh-huh. Okay, that was pretty weird. Well, we're going to look over into today Ezekiel 37 and 38, 2 Timothy 4, and First Peter, 2 Peter excuse me, 1. So, Father God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for bringing us together, allowing us to spend this time. May you just bless the time that we have, and and may it be fruitful. May it be things we can understand and take with us and actually gain, Father, in understanding and, and even vision on the things you're doing in this world. So thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Okay, two big chapters, um, certainly 38 and 39. We're going to get 37 as well. 37 is phenomenal. It's underrated. The the Valley of Dry Bones, the vision of the Valley of Dry Bones, Ezekiel has here. Verse 1, the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. And he caused me to pass through them round about, and behold, there was very many on the surface of the valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again he said to me, Prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, that you may come to life. I will put sinews on you, Make flesh to grow on you, cover you with skin, and put breath in you, that you may come alive, and you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied, and as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, sinews were on them, and flesh grew, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. And he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, Prophesy, O son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may come to life. So I prophesied as he commanded, and the breath came into them, and they came to life and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. And he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, Our bones are dried up and our hope is perished. We are completely cut off. Therefore, 
prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves and cause you to come out of your graves, my people, and I will bring you out into the land of Israel. Then you will know that I am the Lord, when I have opened the graves and caused you to come up out of the graves, my people. I will put my spirit within you, and you will come to life, and I will place you in your own land. Then you will know that I am the Lord. I have spoken and done it, declares the Lord. The word of the Lord came again to me, saying, And you, son of man, take yourself one stick and write on it for Judah and for the sons of Israel, his companions, and take another stick and write on it for Joseph, the stick of Ephraim, and all those in the house of Israel, his companions. Then join them for yourself, one to another, into one stick, that they may become one in your hand. When the sons of your people speak to you, saying, Will you not declare to us what you mean by these? Then say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will take the stick of Joseph, which is in the hand of Ephraim and the tribes of Israel, his companion, and I will put them with it, with the stick of Judah, and make them one stick, and they will be one in my hand. The sticks on which you write will be in your hand before your eyes. Say to them, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will take the sons of Israel from among the nations where they have gone, and will gather them from every side and bring them into their own land. And I will make them one nation in the land on the mountains of Israel. And one king will be the king of all of them, and they will no longer be two nations and no longer be divided into two kingdoms. They will no longer defile themselves with their idols or with their detestable things or with any of their transgressions, but I will deliver them from all their dwelling places in which they have sinned and will cleanse them and they will be my people and I will be their God. Verse 24, my servant David will be king over them. They will all have one shepherd and they will walk in my ordinances and keep my statutes and observe them. They will live on the land that I gave to Jacob, my servant, in which your fathers lived, and they will live on it, they and their sons and their sons' sons forever. And David, my servant, will be their prince forever. I will make a covenant of peace with them, and it will be an everlasting covenant with them, and I will place them and multiply them and will set my sanctuary in their midst forever. My dwelling place also will be with them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. And the nations will know that I am the Lord, who sanctifies Israel, when my sanctuary is in their midst forever. So this chapter is phenomenal, very famous, of course, the dry bones of Ezekiel. But what it is saying, it's very plain, we're given the interpretation, the dry bones are Israel, the nation of Israel. And God says, I'm going to breathe life, uh, it's actually going to give you going to give you back your bodies first. He says, I'm going to make you back into a nation. They were destroyed. Their land was destroyed, devastated, burned, and you know everything broken down as if it was like bones separated, the whole body destroyed. So he says, I'm going to rebuild you, I can bring you back and put you all back together the way you were into one body or into a body. But in the beginning, there's no breath in them. And people have looked at this, Bible scholars have looked at this and say, there was a st- distinction between the time that they were put together in the bodies, and, they, and Ezekiel knows there was no no life in them, no breath. Comparing that to when G- they came out of captivity, 
and were reestablished in the land, and they um, they still had not come to the point where they knew their Messiah. And when Messiah came, they still rejected him. And it is theorized that those bodies that are put back together, the nation of Israel that is still put together and has the bones and the sinews and the skin and everything else, you look at it and you say, that's a nation. That is certainly a nation. That's a body. But where is the breath? And the breath is going to be breathed into them at the end of the tribulation, or in the middle, I should say, um, and then they are going to come to life. Then they're going to cry out to Jesus as their Messiah, and and cry and say, "Why, why have we? Why did we forsake you?" And they are going to um, weep and be sorrowful, and they're going to receive Him as their Lord and Savior. And then they're going to have the breath of God in their bodies. The nation will begin to come alive as a person dedicated to their king. And then God is going to establish uh, David over them. And, you know, the two sticks into one, the two nations are going to come back into one and be established forever, as we see here. And when it says forever, it means forever. Israel's back in the land, and they're not going to be uprooted again. All right, chapter 38, one of these biggies in the Bible. Let's look at this, the prophecy of Gog and the future invasion of Israel. And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, set your face towards Gog in the land of Magog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal, and prophesy against him. And say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, O Gog, prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal. I will turn you about and put hooks in your jaw, and I will draw, and I will bring you out, and all your army, horses and horsemen, all of them splendidly attired, a great company with buckler and shield, all of them wielding swords, Persia, Ethiopia, and put with all of them, all of them with shield and helmet, Gomer with its troops, Beth Togarma in the remote part of the north with its troops, many peoples with you. Be prepared and prepare yourselves, you and all your companies that are assembled about you, and be a guard for them. After many days you will be summoned, in the latter years you will come into the land that is restored from the sword whose inhabitants have been gathered from many nations and from the mountains of Israel, which had been a continual waste, but his people were brought out from the nations, and they are living securely, all of them. You will go up, you will come like a storm, you will be like a cloud covering the land, you and all your troops and many peoples with you. Thus says the Lord God, it will come about on that day, that thoughts will come into your mind, and you will devise an evil plan. And you will say, I will go up against the land of the unwalled villages. I will go against those who are at rest and live securely, all of them living without walls and having no bars or gates. To capture the spoil and to seize the plunder, and to turn your hand against the waste places which are now inhabited, and against the people who are gathered from the nations, who have acquired cattle and goods and live at the center of the world, Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish. With all its villages, you will say, Have you come to capture spoil? Have you assembled your company to seize plunder, to carry away silver and gold, to take away cattle and goods, to capture great spoil? Therefore prophesy, son of man, and say to Gog, Thus says the Lord God, on that day when my people Israel are living securely, will you not know it? You will come 
from your place out of the remote parts of the north, you and many people with you, all of them riding on horses, a great company and a mighty army, and you will come up against my people Israel like a cloud to cover the land. It shall come about in the last days that it will bring you against my land so that the nations will know me when I am sanctified through you before their eyes, O Gog. Thus says the Lord God, Are you the one of whom I spoke in former days through my servants and the prophets of Israel, who prophesied in those days for many years that I would bring you against them? It will come about in that day when God comes against the land of Israel, declares the Lord God, that my fury will mount up in my anger. In my zeal and in my blazing wrath, I declare that on that day there will surely be a great earthquake in the land of Israel. The fish of the sea, the birds of the heavens, the beasts of the field, all the creeping things that creep on the earth, all the men who are on the face of the earth will shake at my presence. The mountains also will be thrown down. The steep pathways will collapse. Every wall will fall to the ground. I will call for a sword against him on my mountains, declares the Lord. Every man's sword will be against his brother. With pestilence, with blood, I will enter into judgment with him, and I will rain on him and on his troops and on many peoples who are with him a torrential rain with hailstones, fire, and brimstone. I will magnify myself, sanctify myself, and make myself known in the sight of many nations, and they will know that I am the Lord. Overarching theme here, God is going to bring judgment on, upon those that are going to attack Israel in the last days when the Antichrist has come and he's, he's recruiting his forces and they're going to come against the mountain of Israel to try and destroy it. Now, I'm on both sides. I could be convinced that this happens right before the tribulation or easily convinced that it happens in the tribulation. Both theories have some good aspects and some good claims to it. And I was very much happening like it was going to be the last thing that happens like the second before the tribulation starts. And that has to do with, you know, the seven-year period with the, 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 the things that are going to be used and can be burned for seven years and different things. But I'm tending to think it begins at the, it's, it's right at the beginning of the tribulation now. And so you can make up your own mind. Uh, Gog and Magog, who are they? Uh, a lot of people having interesting ideas about this right now. Um, it seems to point to Russia seems to point to the northern tribes, although Turkey is a very good candidate as well. When you do ge the geography, it's directly north, more than north, directly north really than Russia. But um, it's some people are sure it's the United States. <laughs> so you, uh, you can study that. What I commend you to is the teaching on the webpage, Ezekiel 38:39. that I did. It goes into all these things in detail, and I would love to go into it now, but as a devotion, we just do not have the time. So with that being said, we're going to move over, save myself the temptation of getting in and explaining it all, which I love to do. But um, let's look over now into 2 Timothy 4. Preach the word. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by the appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, 
reprove, rebuke, exhort, and with great patience and instruction. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires. And they will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. But you be sober in all things, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry, for I'm already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time for my departure has come. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the course, I have kept the faith. In the future, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day, and not only me, but also all who have loved his appearing. Make every effort to come to me soon. For Demas, having loved this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia, Titus, and Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Pick up Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for service. But Tychicus I have sent to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak which I left at Troas and Carpus, and the books, especially the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. The Lord will repay him according to his deeds. Be on guard against him yourself, for he is vigorously opposed to our teachings. At the first defense, no one supported me, but all deserted me. May it not be counted against them. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, so that through me the proclamation might be fully accomplished, and that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was rescued out of the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, the household of Onesiphorus. Erastus remained at Corinth, and Trophimus I left sick in Miletus. Make every effort to come before winter. Eubulus greets you. Also Pundus and Linus and Claudia and all the brethren. The Lord be with your spirit. Grace be with you. So the closing out of Second Timothy. Beautiful, beautiful book. Uh, and you, you can't kind of get away from how many times these guys are saying in the end of their ministries to contend for the faith, to watch out for those coming in to destroy and to do damage to the church. We're, we're into this. We just finished Jude reading about this. Now here again, here it is. Reprove, rebu- rebuke, exhort with patience and instruction because there's coming a time, and I think we're there, when people not endure sound doctrine but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers according to their own desires. Turn away from the truth. Turn, turn aside to myths. This is happening all over the place, and it's so sad. But it's Paul's admonition, it's Paul's encouragement to this young pastor to keep at it. And so we are to keep at it. No matter what's going on in our church, what's going on in the world, we're to keep at it, keep in the word, which is what we're doing right now. Praise God. Second Peter 1 now. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received a faith of the same kind of ours, but the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. 
seeing that his divine power is granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises, so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Now for this very reason also, applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence, knowledge, and in your knowledge, self-control, and in your self-control, perseverance, and in your perseverance, godliness, and in your godliness, brotherly kindness, and in your brotherly kindness, love. For if these qualities are yours and increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these qualities is blind and short-sighted, having forgotten his purification from his former sins. Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. For as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. For in this way, the entrance into the kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be abundantly supplied to you. Therefore, I will always be ready to remind you of these things, even though you already know them and have been established in the truth which is present with you. I consider it right as long as I am in this earthly dwelling to stir you up by way of reminder, knowing that the laying aside of this earthly dwelling is imminent and also our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I will also be diligent that at any time after my departure, you will be able to call these things to mind. For we do not follow cleverly devised tales. When we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, such an utterance as this was made to him by the majestic glory. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And we ourselves heard this utterance made from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. So we have a prophetic word made more sure to which you do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. But know this, first of all, that no prophecy or scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved along by the Holy Spirit from God. Good beginning to a book, first chapter of here, Peter, and we're seeing Peter, like Paul, loves to encourage the body, encouraging these people. Um, to Paul was encouraging them to you know continue to reprove and rebuke and, and and contend for the faith, and here Peter's kind of focused on the faith, to to you know to those that are clinging to the faith, and may that faith be bring you peace and the knowledge and and that it, everything it could build you up to have a life that is godly that you follow after God, and that in all things you're doing it for the kingdom and not being corrupted by the world. And he says, all these things you guys know, but this is, is by way of reminding you. And so I want you to pursue all of the attributes that he's listing here, these moral excellence 
and self-control and perseverance and godliness and brotherly kindness. All these things spring out of your faith for Jesus Christ because now you're a servant and you're following after him. And he says, just want to encourage you in that faith to go to go that direction. And he says, you can be assured that you're doing the right thing because I was an eyewitness. I heard the Father say, this is my beloved Son. I know for firsthand who he is. I saw him glorified on the Mount of Transfiguration. I heard the Father's voice. I've heard him speak. I know the words, and I know all the prophecies and how they're fulfilled. So it's a phenomenal, phenomenal chapter and an encouragement to us in our faith. Well, I'm going to wrap it up on that um, for this short, shorter, I should say, podcast. And uh, thank you guys for following and especially being faithful in the podcast as you want to get through the whole Bible in a year. So let's continue to do that. And tomorrow we'll pick up the kind of the full the full podcast with um, Charles Spurgeon as well and all of the other prayer requests. We've had a new prayer request coming in, but I'm going to keep it to little Abigail, the daughter of Kim and Dean. And they, they are going to bring her in for surgery on Wednesday to get her tonsils out because the doctors believe the virus that's causing her mental instability could be resting there. And so we want to pray that that is exactly what's happening and that God will do that, kind of bring her back to us. She's very much in the fog and doesn't always know what she's doing or where she is. So, Father, we want to pray and lift up Abigail to you and for a special blessing, God, for healing of her whole body. And that we pray the diagnosis is true and accurate, that they know where it is, they know how it's affecting her mind, and that this would be the surgery that would correct it, and this would be something that would be a huge help to her. So, God, special prayer for Wednesday morning for the surgery at um, 6 a.m. So we ask you to, God, just prepare them, prepare their parents, and uh, God, just go before them for this time. Thank you for the church service, everything you did yesterday for the men's conference that happened and how they were blessed and built up and excited, the women as well. So, God, we, we give you all praise and glory for all that you're doing in the evangelism world and in the encouragement, building up servants. Thank you, Father. And bless my brothers and sisters that are following this podcast, that they may feel your love, that they may be built up in the faith and know the greatness of their salvation. We praise you, God, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. That'll do it. So look forward to seeing you, or I should say speaking to you, <laughs> tomorrow. Same time. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.